0: Today's episode is brought to us by CS Instant Coffee, the best coffee for any adventure you're going to go on. Use the code ADVENTURE at CSInstant.coffee and get 50% off through September and October. So give it a shot. And we're also brought to you by Rome Products. They make elastic knit, minimalist style wallets with all sorts of designs. Get 20% off the perfect minimalist wallet for all your adventures. It'll hold everything you need by going to where do you roam, R-O-A-M dot com and use the code podcast with a capital P at checkout. And last but not least, we have Umbra's, the sunglasses that removed the arms and replaced it with a cord that you can cinch comfortably around your head. It will not fall off whatever you throw at it. So go to ombra to learn more.
1: I had traffic backed up for about an hour, and people were threatening to call the sheriff and all this stuff.
2: I was laying on the floor.
1: Yes, Susie was hiding, trying trying to not be seen. I think most of the kids were, too. Everybody's embarrassed.
0: This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, trying to help you find adventure every day, in any stage of life. You're going to hear from explorers, adventurers, business owners, and anyone living their life little More out of the box than usual. Hey, folks, hope you're having a good week. Uh, you know, you, I don't know if you know this or not, but on Thursdays we do replay episodes that are because we have nearly 600 episodes now, and oftentimes I pick one essentially because it sounds interesting and I've never heard it before. And so this one, when I saw, uh, it's a family of 14 living on an RV. I just had to know what was going on. So, So I released the show and I listened to it for the first time, oftentimes with you guys as well. And just because I, I, you know, I came onto this show about a year ago when we were, you know, about 400 episodes in. So there's a lot of them that I haven't heard, even as an avid fan, just because there's so much content out there. So that's why we do this on Thursday. And this is with Susie and Dan Kellogg. And Travis is doing the interview. And this one originally came out almost four years ago now, November of 2015. But anyway, I hope you enjoy. hope you learn something. I, I definitely can see myself being on an RV with my family at some point. I highly doubt I'm going to have a family of uh, 12 kids with my wife and I. Uh, it, <laughs> yeah, that's just not going to happen. <laughs> but, but I commend them for doing it, and I want to hear what this is about. So I hope you enjoy it, and uh, I'm going to enjoy it along with you.
3: Welcome back to another episode of the Adventure Sports Podcast. This is your host, Travis. Today, I have a couple of special guests on with me. This is an episode that's more about adventure travel. And that's because Susie and Dan Kellogg live most of the year in an RV um, a lot of people live in RVs, so that's not that big of a deal, but the cool thing is Susie and Dan live in an RV with 12 kids, and they're on the road for most of the the year. So Susie and Dan, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Travis. Thank you. Thanks for
3: having us. It's good to have you. Um, adventure travel is what I'm going to call this, but you guys really delve into a whole bunch of fun adventure uh, sports while you're out on the road. Um, kayaking, paddling being the, your kind of your main focus, I think. Tell me a little bit about what got you going. What inspired you to get on an RV with your kids and hit the road? What is that all about?
2: Well, you know, we started kayaking about five years ago, and then our kids got really interested in competitions, And we ended up being split up and not getting to go everywhere. So RVing, we've got an RV pretty much to facilitate getting to and from kayaking events. And then about, what was it,
1: about a year into it? Yeah, well, that first year as we as we traveled around the state of Colorado, um, it was just an amazing adventure and, a, and a, an incredible time together as a family that we decided to take a two-month trip to the East Coast, and it was an amazing trip. I mean, we just had an incredible time together. It was such an adventure. Um, we did all kinds of different stuff in addition to kayaking. We we did some climbing, we did some caving, um, we went to the beach, and did some surfing, it was just all encompassing and an incredible trip, so then when we were coming home from that trip, I noticed the kids' faces (laughs) were all, there. everybody's a little bit bummed to be coming back to our house, so I, I don't remember who said it, but somebody said, we should just do this full time, we should sell our house and do this full time, and so we actually thought, well, why don't we just do that, so. We initially tried to sell our home to to live in the RV full-time, but we ended up keeping the house and and traveling most of the year.
2: We literally came home in September, had a baby in October, and left in November and didn't look back.
3: Oh, wow. That's awesome. So some of the trials and tribulations of of doing this uh for the first time it must not have been easy to to set out you know in that first two months what are some of the things you you learned uh to do and not to do
2: Well you know we learned how to get along we learned how to nip disagreements in the bud instead of being able to run to your room and slam the door you literally had to sit there and work things out you had to learn to communicate you had to learn to compromise and I I think that was probably the biggest hurdle. But once you get over that and you stop thinking solely about yourself and have to start thinking about how to make everybody, including yourself, happy, it's really smooth sailing.
3: Yeah, it's kind of hard. You can't exactly uh, just walk into another room and and disappear for a while and cool off or, or take a break. You kind of have to deal with what's out in front of you at that moment. Right. That's right. Yeah, that's a good lesson to learn. Um. So you guys, let's back up a little bit. You guys are out of Glenwood Springs, Colorado. Um, if people are familiar with Colorado, it's on I-70, kind of out in the middle of the mountains, um, you know, uh, north end of uh, Aspen, you know, that area. Um, it's a beautiful area. Why Why leave that area? Uh, what inspired you to get out and see the rest of the country?
1: Well, you know, the, the kayaking actually inspired us to, to go beyond the state of Colorado and we actually didn't even know there was so much out there uh, until we really got on uh, this adventure of traveling around to, to all these locations. And it just opened our eyes to what an incredible country we live in and how m- much there is to do throughout the country. There's amazing things to see all over the place. And it's, it's really, a, it's really an, an awesome feeling when you get out and you start to recognize that.
2: And if, you know, educationally, we homeschool our kids. And so, Traveling has exponentially transformed our children's education. They're not learning just from a book. They're getting out there and they're learning about cultures and diversity and they're meeting people from all different walks of life and, you know, everywhere we go there's some sort of history. There's, there's always lessons in what you learn when you're traveling in your, I guess everybody calls it road, road schooling, is that everything is an education. Education is everywhere. And it opens your eyes to how much you learn just by doing and being and living.
3: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I'm glad you brought it up. I was going to get into it, how it is you're able to do this. Most people have kids in school are tied down with you know a job somewhere where they have to be in a specific area. So you guys homeschool, you obviously do school on the road. Um, how is it you guys uh, can do it as far as work is concerned and income?
1: Well, that's where we're really lucky to have this internet, where and these mobile devices to where we have a can can have a, a Wi-Fi hotspot wherever we are. Um, so that enables me to work. and I'm a software engineer, so I, I can work from a laptop pretty much anywhere in the country as long as you know I can maintain that internet connection. <laughs>
3: And it's a little self-serving that I asked that I'm in a similar situation. Yeah. Um, I was looking at at going on the, the road in an RV with my family, and I came across you guys and, of course, was really intrigued um, with you shooting the videos for the Kellogg show, and I want to get into that for sure, um, and in just to see how you guys live life on an RV. And it just looks like a, an amazing way to do it, and the – the The deal with the kids being out, able to go out and explore what it is they're learning about. I saw you guys were in D.C. Um, you know, showing the kids how our government operates, and just to be able to walk the halls um, out there and and understand it really kind of puts things in perspective for them. I would think. Absolutely.
2: It was perfect timing too, with all the elections and the new speaker of the house. It was just perfect timing to be. They've been watching all the debates. It was just. Really amazing for them to, to be able to see how it, you know, the Capitol, when you take a tour, it's not just about the here and now. It also teaches you about the history of how the government was developed and how it's been transformed over the years. And so that was, that was just a great example of how education is everywhere. We just happened to be passing through and took a
3: tour. Yeah, that's perfect. So how do the kids handle it? Um, obviously, they enjoy it. You guys, how long have you been on the road doing this, and how are they dealing with it today?
1: Well, it's been three and a half years since we first took off on the road. And uh, our oldest daughter, she stayed with us for a year and a half of that. Um, and so far, the rest of them, our, our oldest son is 19. Um and they're they're still really into it in the the experiences that they get uh, travel around and the, the different areas that they want to go and we actually involve them in the decision making of where we're going to go I mean it's not just us dictating hey we want to do this um, but everybody has input and we'll actually even if even if it's just a handful of people that want to go to one certain area of the country we'll figure out a way to make that happen and uh, so it's a, it's an adventure for everybody. So that, that keeps everybody um, everybody involved and, and everybody having a really good time because everybody's input is is encouraged and, and you know, that's oh, they're, good. So they're,
3: <laughs> they're feeling like part of the team. That's a good thing. Dan, how do you where do you have a workspace? How do you find some quiet time to actually get your work done?
1: Well, that's the good thing about the laptop. So we do have a back room in the RV that I can close the door and move to the back. Um, in the early morning, I'll move to the very front and sit in one of the, the nice, comfy, high-back chairs. Um, at times, I might need to actually go somewhere else to, you know, maybe maybe a coffee shop or something or, or just some quiet space in, in the surrounding area. So I'm, I can be really flexible because uh, working on the laptop. But the main thing I like to try to do is to get up really early ahead of everybody else and really try to get the work I need to accomplish done um, hopefully by like around, say, noon so that I can be involved in the adventures and we can all take it off together because that's really what this is all about is us doing things together as a family and, and having these adventures together and, and bonding and experiencing everything together to, to really make – these memories that are
3: going to last a lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. I think the bonding is a is a big deal uh, in what we're talking about. Um, do you feel like they the kids are are getting? Uh, are, are better together as a group like this? Or, you know, I think a lot of people out there might think, well, I can't imagine my kids all cooped up on an RV together at the same time. They'd probably be after each other and trying to kill each other. How are they are they becoming better friends as siblings because they are in such close proximity? Or how's that working out?
1: Actually, it, it's, it really surprised me in a, in a way. I, I really didn't think we could become closer together as a family than we already were. But that's actually what's happened is that everybody's become closer um, because they're experiencing all these things together. And that's not to say that they don't have their moments or that they never fight because they sure do. <laughs> but, um, you know, you can tell, you can see how um, older siblings will take the young, younger siblings under their wing as they, as they are learning new things and trying uh, new things. Um, and Grady and Brody get together. Those are all those two boys. They're getting together on and, and, Planning out a lot of the different videos and things that that they're working on. Um, There's just a a lot of ways in which um, they come closer to to become closer together as a family unit.
3: Yeah, that's interesting. That's kind of it's similar to way the way society used to be. You know, we used to grow up in a very tight knit family in a very small community um, and often a small dwelling. And that's how life used to be. You know, now we're very spread out. We're on Skype, on Twitter, on Facebook, and we're communicating via email and electronically. And and people really aren't in touch anymore. So I think what you guys are doing is, is a little bit of a, a return to the past, you know, if you think about it. And I think it's awesome. You know,
1: too, and when we're on the river, uh, there's scenarios where, you know, a younger sibling is just learning some of the, the kayaking uh, techniques and might end up swimming in the river and then they're being rescued by the, their older siblings. And so they're always playing that kind of a role too, where the younger siblings are looking up to their older siblings and, and, uh, for not just for teaching them, but actually to rescue them out of a situation. And they, they know that they're, they can depend on them and they're there and gonna, gonna help them in anything that's, that, that occurs. Um, and the older siblings, they all look forward to those opportunities to, to help their younger siblings.
3: Yeah, that's a great opportunity to build that that trust and that uh, that oneness with your with your siblings. So there's a lot of good, obviously, that that comes out of this. Do you think there's any downsides to to raising children this way? Huh.
1: You know that that there really there really isn't um, any distinct downsides to, to this whole adventure. I mean, there's there's
2: which can explain why we've been doing I, it for three and a half years. You know? <laughs> we, people didn't think we would last three weeks, you know, and here we are three, three and a half years later into this, you know, there's, there's so much adventure and there's so much to see. And you push yourself, you know, you get out there on on rivers or, or d- more difficult climbs or, you know, just educationally, you know, our kids, I'm not sure that our kids would be following the paths in their own careers that they are now at such a young age had they had they grown up in a traditional manner you know our oldest son has, has started a production company and he's already booking weddings and and special occasions for people you know it, it's it, this way of life has just I, I don't I don't even know how to explain it
1: from the youngest to the oldest they're all thriving and yeah. and Susie and I were. We're having the time of our life to, as well. I mean, it's it's really been an incredible experience so far. So um, everybody asks us, when are we going to stop? When is this going to end? And we just answer, well, when it when it no longer is working for us. So right. so far, that that uh, there's no end in sight.
3: Oh, that's good. When it fizzles out, but hopefully it doesn't fizzle anytime soon, right? right? Right. I think what would be in people's minds is, well, what about their friends? You know, kids need friends. And I, in my own opinion, I. I would think that the value that, that your kids are getting with the the relationships they're developing with their parents and with their siblings far outweighs um, those friendships. They'll have time to develop friendships in the future. But I think there are a lot of uh, folks that kind of wish they would have grown up being closer to their family, their family members um, than than they might have. Uh, so I think ultimately what you guys are doing is a great thing.
2: We, got, we agree with you there. And friends are fantastic, but they're no replacement for family. And our kids have friends in every single location we go to. You know, If we go to Columbus, Georgia, they hook up with their buddies there. If we go to Canada, they hook up with their friends there. California, it's the same everywhere. They know people in just about every location because we've been so many places. And the good places, we, we continue to return and so they're able to get that socialization, and they're able to to get out there. And I think they're so more socially advanced than any of their peers because of this. They can carry on a conversation with a two-year-old as well as a 90-year-old. They're they just they're just very advanced in their their communicative sc- skills and how they interact with people.
3: Yeah, and I think that's really evident in your videos. Uh, I think that's well put. The the ability for them to just understand different societies, different aspects of society. They've been all around the country. Um, You know, we have a a vast country with a very different society depending on where you go in the country. And for them to just feel comfortable everywhere they go and as they grow into adults, they're not going to be afraid one iota, you know, to go travel and see these friends that they've made around the the country and, and eventually around the world, I imagine, so... We uh, I actually interviewed a, a woman named Pam Wall back in episode 95 and 96, and she had raised, she and her husband had raised uh, their two children on a sailboat for six and a half years, and we had a very similar conversation. But the things that your kids and her kids uh, witnessed, experienced, and the people that they got to know and interact with is priceless. Absolutely.
0: It's not always possible to take a French press or coffee maker out in the woods with you, but thankfully now you don't have to because there is a great option in CS Instant Coffee. They make 100% Arabica instant coffee in compostable packaging. It's perfect for the outdoors or whenever you don't have the time to make a fresh pot. And right now you can save 50% on your first order by going to csinstant.coffee and using the code Adventure at checkout one of my new favorite pieces of gear is actually my wallet and that's because it's been inspired by simplicity by rome products it's a minimalist style wallet holds my cash my cards holds it really tightly because it's elastic and it's probably eliminated my wallet size down by 60 to 70 percent they offer a variety of designs from artistic to patterns And they're machine washable if they get dirty. They come with a little carabiner so you can clip it to things like your keys or your lanyard. And they also offer a complete line of silicone rings with a variety of styles and colors. So if you're tired of carrying around a big bulky wallet, go to where do you roam, dot mcom and use the code podcast with a capital P at checkout for 20% off.
3: What is the coolest, most amazing place that you've been to while doing this with your kids?
1: Wow, that's tough because there's just been so many amazing places. Um,
2: For me, I'd have to say Moab. It's a very spiritually calming place. It's chock full of adventure. You've got river, you've got climbing, you've got hiking. You have everything you could possibly ever want in Moab. And um, it's it's a place where you feel... Extremely free. I, I love you, Moab. How about you?
0: I think
1: I, one of the one of my favorite places is actually in in West Virginia, and the the, the uh, Gauley River and the New River. Those gorges. You're you're so remote, you're so removed from society, and and uh, just really at one with nature. And and at the same time, having an incredible experience with your family. And an adventure going down those rivers was, was, a, was an epic experience. Favorite place to go back to.
3: Yeah, that's cool. And it's nice to be able to, to have experienced uh, both ends of the country like that, to be able to know what your answer would be. A lot of people can't even say that.
2: <laughs> right.
3: So what is, tell me a story about kind of the the craziest moment out on the RV, uh, RV full of family members and things, just you know, it starts hitting the fan. What happened?
2: That would have to be the awning, um, don't you think? Oh uh, yeah, you can tell that story.
1: <laughs> yeah, we were in we were traveling through um, New Mexico. Um, we we're actually trying to swing our way around the Southern um, Rockies to avoid a big snowstorm, um, and instead we hit extreme winds. <laughs> and while we were driving down the highway. The winds literally, our awning was attached and rolled up, and literally the on, the winds just grabbed it and ripped it right off the, the <laughs> RV, in it like literally like catapulted end over end off the back of the RV, punching a hole in the roof and catapulting down the highway.
2: Luckily, there was nobody else on the road, like nowhere.
1: That's
2: wow! Our first key. <laughs> that was way <laughs> early in our RVing experiences.
1: And then when we went outside to try to like handle that situation, the, the winds were actually extremely cold too. <laughs> and, and we were trying to deal with that and, and uh, the state police I think just were coming along and they just zipped right on by us because they had they had I think um, tractor trailers that had blown over that they weren't going to help and so they just zipped on
3: by. They had more important things to do than yeah. fix an awning, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but to you guys, that's a big deal. I mean, here you are in a storm; you get punching holes in your in your home, you know, and and now you got to worry about water damage, and yeah, that's not good.
1: Well, all our stuff was strewn down. The, the awning pieces and parts were strewn down the highway and the, the median. So we were like, you know, running down trying to pick up all the pieces. <laughs> the police went flying
3: by. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So tell me about the the RV. I think you guys are on your second one, if if I'm correct. Um, How did that all come about?
1: Well, we were actually working with the Newmar Corporation um, for five months over the summer this year. Um, So that's why we're in a different RV than what we started out in. Um, We're doing some promotions for them uh, through our videos and our social media. Um, but we're now back in our original Kellogg Show RV.
3: Oh, okay, okay. And that new Mar, I think uh, yeah, I saw a bunch of the videos because, of course, being interested in in living aboard an RV, I was intrigued with the whole bunkhouse setup in the back. That had a that RV definitely had a neat setup.
2: Yeah, if you have children and you want to RV, I highly recommend a bunkhouse. It's it's incredible because all their stuff can stay in there, and then when you're ready to go to bed or when it's their bedtime, you don't have to go to bed. You know, you can let them go to bed and then you can go up to the front and have adult time, watch movies, you know, whatever you want to do. The kid you don't have to go to bed at eight thirty when your kids go to bed.
3: Yeah, exactly. And that was a real compartmentalized setup. You guys had the the little kids back in the back so they they really couldn't sneak past you (laughs) to get out to the main exit. Tips. Certainly, there'll be some listeners out there thinking, you know what? I do want to go live on an RV with my family. Um, what are some things that, that they should know? So, uh little heads up things that you guys have gained from your experience on the road.
2: One is the bunk room <laughs> for, for certain. If we had to do it all over again, that is something I would absolutely insist upon.
1: Yeah, we've got a lot of tips, a lot of different things over the course of the last three and a half years of traveling. Um, we do uh, have documented almost everything that we've done and and learned um, traveling in an RV and living in an RV, and we have a lot of tips actually specific tips that are available on our website kelloggshow.com. Um, but one of the one of the things that a lot of people get bogged down, I think, by trying to plan it all out and trying to figure out how they're gonna you know get into something like this, and I think they tend to overthink things and spend too much time planning and putting it off so many years down the road. And uh, my advice there would just be to kind of like, just do it, you know, go for it. You know, don't, don't overthink and, and over plan because there's a lot of things that you just can't plan for. You just got to, you know, get out there and, and, and do it and take life by the horns.
3: Yeah, I imagine there's a lot that you learn once you do just jump on the road and go. There's a lot you're going to figure out while you're there. You might not be in the the right RV, even though you spent a ton of time planning and, and looking around and trying to figure out what the ideal thing would be. You're probably going to get out there and figure out. I want to go in a completely different direction. So it's a matter of uh, just just go, try it, and see how it goes. And yeah, because that's in a good
1: advance or a good example about you know having the right RV. Because we've we've experienced this um, through our 36 foot Georgie Boy, which is you know much different from the 43 foot Newmar, which is a luxury RV. It's 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 amazing. Um, so to to make that comparison and think that that's what we we needed. Was to have something like that, which is probably out of reach for for a family like ours, because um, they're pr- they're quite expensive. Um, you know, just being able to to go out there and, and really say that, look, this this opportunity to go on these adventures is 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 the most important thing, not what exact type of RV we're going to live in, or or you know the the exact you know having this, you know it's kind of like comparing like having a really nice car versus having a beater car. If the car gets you to where you're going, then it's, it's good enough. Focus on the adventures of life, not, you know, the, the vehicle.
3: Yeah, that's a really good point. I think, uh, a lot of people, including myself, you would I would focus on. Okay, how's it going to be to live on this thing? Where what you're saying is, look, that's just the vessel to go live life. Your whole point is to go live life and experience it out there. Don't worry about the little can that you're rolling around on the highway in.
1: Exactly.
3: <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Well, you brought up a lot of. uh you brought up the point about tips and tricks uh, on your site, so I think that's a perfect transition. Let's talk about what it is you guys are doing because you're not just out there living and having fun. You're documenting all this stuff on, on YouTube, Facebook, your blog, Twitter, everything. Um, uh, Susie, go into what it is. What about the Kellogg Show blog? What the YouTube channel is? I mean, you guys have something like 31,000. YouTube subscribers and a ton of videos you you pretty much have a real TV show going on over there
2: <laughs> for a while there we were daily blogging, and we're going to get back into that on the road it's a little bit harder with the limited Wi-Fi connections that we have but um we we daily blog our life what we do every day and every day includes some sort of an adventure and our blog is a lot about parenting a lot about life a lot about travel Great places to go with your kids, great cities, great, the best kayaking towns, all that kind of stuff. We pretty much talk about everything that is of interest to us that we think other people would be able to learn from.
3: Okay. And then you also have a book I saw on Amazon. It was more about parenting and um, it was, what was it called? Uh, Raising a Badass Family?
2: That's it. Yes.
3: (laughs) I love the name. (laughs) Why that name?
2: Um, pretty much because we go against the grain for a lot of things. We homeschool our kids. We travel 10 months out of every year. And we pretty much just follow our dreams and our inspirations and don't really follow the script that's been written. And so I thought, you know, badass family, we're whitewater kayakers, we climb, we hike, we do all these sort of things. And all that has a lot to do with how we parent, you know, we've, found over the years that we're much happier when and we're better parents when we've been out with our kids doing fun things instead of concentrating on the the state of the house or the laundry you know of course all that has to get done but that's not our focus and so you know just a it's just a parenting book you know how how we got to where we are and how we raised the children that we have and you know we're quite proud of our kids they're they're really remarkable kids. So I really wanted to share how we got to that point.
3: Yeah, it sounds like a, a good manual for, for those that want to kind of get off the beaten path a little bit with uh, family life and, and raising children. I can get on board with that. Absolutely. What is inspiration to you guys? I know we talked about kayaking, inspiring you guys to, to get on the road. But what, what is it that inspires you about living your life this way?
1: You know, that that really stems from our faith and, um, our faith in God and belief in, you know, doing the right things and what we need to do to to get our kids to heaven and then enjoying the life that we have together and making, making the most out of every situation, making, you know, finding the silver lining in everything. Um, and really, and what we really hope to do is inspire other families to empower them to, to uh, really seek the best out of life and, and not not focus so much on what society dictates, what society tells us we need and we need to do because um, there, in, in modern times it seems like that's less aligned with our, our, our faith any, anymore and that uh, really what we what we need to do is, is to go out and try to help others, Um, And in doing so, we're, we're demonstrating that to our kids and showing them, you know, how they should live their lives.
0: So for the last six months, I have completely switched over to Umbra sunglasses, and that's because they fixed everything that frustrates me about sunglasses. First of all, they removed the arms. So it's just a cord that connects the frame and it goes around your head and it's able to cinch and securely fit against my head, doesn't shake off at all. And when you pull them off, it's completely flat because there's no arms. so You can't break them. So I put them in my pocket and they're good to go. You can wear them in the river, you can wear them biking, you can wear them playing basketball outside. They're not going to fall off and you don't get a headache from the arms pressing up against you. I was skeptical until I put them on and honestly, I I don't even have any other pair of sunglasses now. And also they give back to the environment. They use zero plastic packaging. They plant 20 trees per every pair that's sold and to date, they've planted over 125,000 mangrove trees. So if you'd like to get a pair, go to umbras.com, and that is O M braz.com.
3: Yeah, that's well said. So places that you haven't been yet. I don't know. You said you've been doing this for about three and a half years. You've probably traveled uh, quite a bit of the United States. Where haven't you been yet that uh, is really at the top of your list or, or kids lists?
2: Believe it or not, we have never been to the Northwest, and that is the top of our list for March. That is where we're heading in March, and we cannot wait to go Washington, Oregon, all those places.
3: Yeah, it's a beautiful area. I am constantly drawn to the Pacific Northwest. I don't blame you there. So, what's uh, what do your kids know about it? Are they are they do they have things out there that they're really wanting to see, or are they things that they're specifically excited about?
2: They want to kayak. <laughs> They want to (laughs) kayak Washington state. That's the top. That's their dream. So yeah. And the other place they really want to go. Redwoods.
1: i They're talking about those.
2: Yeah. Right. And then the next place is uh, definitely Costa Rica, Chile for obvious reasons there as well. Kayaking.
3: (laughs) Yeah, obviously. Yeah. I find it leads to my next question. You guys have traveled a lot of the U S do you have any plans of going outside the country?
1: Absolutely. We we really like we're looking forward to venturing with the R V down south into South America.
3: Yeah, that'd be awesome. So let's do a funny story. You guys, three and a half years on the road, twelve kids, two parents, there have got to be some funny stories that have come out of that so far.
1: Well, one of the funny stories is this this is kind of back in the beginning when I was maybe not quite as good at driving the rv as i am now but i went down this road and the gps told me i could go this way and i relied on that and it ended up it was dead end and i had to back out with the trailer attached to the rv and i ended up stopping traffic because literally the one side of the road dropped straight down to the river um the other side of the road there's a ditch and so I was hugging the side as close as I could just to let people try to slide by. And then I'd try to go back, going back to trying to back up again. And I had traffic backed up for about an hour. And people were threatening to call the sheriff and all this stuff.
2: I was laying on the floor. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, Susie was hiding, trying, trying to not be seen. I think most of the kids were too. Everybody's embarrassed. Oh,
2: half of them were hanging out the windows them. trying to touch those, the cars that were going by. They didn't care.
3: <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Uh, I, I guess the kids didn't care, but here I am picturing Susie and all the kids hiding, and poor Dan is pretty much the only one in existence to deal with the uh, the traffic and the sheriffs. <laughs> yeah,
1: that was pretty much it.
3: <laughs> that's funny.
1: Since I've become an expert driver, though, so that would never happen. Now. <laughs> never.
3: Well, I think that's the scariest thing for me for, for getting into RVing is we're not all semi-truck drivers. You know, we're used to our small cars. and. <laughs> In ways of travel, so you get into one of these things, you know you're going to get into some hairy situations with it. I'm sure.
2: Oh yeah, we've had friends who have told us stories that beat any movie that you could ever imagine. They've held up traffic in tunnels. They've gone, you know, road ends, and they just keep going because they miss the sign that says road ends, and then they have to. Uh, it's it's crazy. Everybody runs into to embarrassing and sticky situations when you're first starting out. So if you know that, I guess you could hold your head up high and just be like, everybody else has been here.
3: Well, that's why we call it adventure, isn't it? Right. Yeah.
2: (laughs) It's all a learning experience.
3: So for those people, again, thinking about how cool it would be to do this, what what are your words for them? Obviously, they're words of encouragement, but what would you say to them if they walked up to you and said, I want to do it. Make me do it. Tell me something that's going to make me do it.
2: Really? Do it for your family. You know, it's, it's, we've watched our kids grow closer and closer together every single day. You know, if nothing else is going to make you do it, do it for your family. Travel. You don't have to travel 10 months out of the year. You can go on extended vacations. You can go on mini road trips, you know, long weekends. You can take a week or two in the summer. It's, it's really a cost effective way to have. An incredible family vacation
1: and it's the ultimate freedom to to be able to yeah. go wherever you want um, and it's a, it always amazes me too that, that, that people say that we're getting overpopulated because they haven't left the city you get outside the city and travel out into this great country we have and you'll be blown away at the at the amazing creation that's out there I mean there are so many cool things cool places and enormous mountains out here in Colorado and all over the, you know, the, the, the country up into Montana, just, it's, it's an amazing country and there's so many places to go. It, it it doesn't have to be about kayaking or about, it's about whatever you specifically are interested in and there's something out there for everybody.
3: Yeah, it's a good point. You can, uh, you can roll, roll down the road for hours upon hours, you know, just passing nothing but the, the smallest little towns and, uh, and and not see much of civilization to, you know, you realize how big this country really is.
1: And in an RV, you can stop in all these places. It's not just getting from point A to point B. You, you can, you know, right. plan your route and just, you know, drive a little bit each day and, and hit new places and, you know, see new things.
2: It's, yeah, half the fun is the detours you take. Yeah. You know, the kids, of course, are GPS crazed, and they'll see a lake here or a river there or, you know, the biggest ball of yarn of five miles north or whatever it is that they look at. You know, it's so easy just to veer off the highway and follow your GPS for a couple minutes, jump out, see whatever it is they wanted to see or whatever it is you want to see, and then get back on the road towards your destination. Like Dan said, it's not A to B. It's it's everything in between that makes the, the journey.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well it's neat that the kids can speak up and say, Hey, I found this thing. Can we go see it? You know, just to be able to to turn off an exit and, and go find that cool thing that they want to see. Yeah. To have that flexibility is an awesome thing. It is. I was gonna ask, um when it comes to Dan working, Wi Fi is not ubiquitous. Um cell sites are are prevalent, but certainly not the entire country is blanketed. How do you how do you deal with planning and, and making sure that you get to areas where you can find a suitable place to, to stay overnight in the RV as well as get that internet sh- connection that you that you need? Is th- Does it take a ton of planning to do that? Do you just kind of get used to the process eventually?
1: Well, you know, I have a, a Verizon wireless jetpack, and so that connects to the Verizon mobile network. And surprisingly, it works in, in pretty remote areas even. I mean, unless we're really like deep down in a canyon or something, it, I usually will have some connectivity. And then I also um, use a, a Wilson um, power booster. So if I am a little bit more remote, um, that thing, I put that uh, antenna up, you know, goes about 20 feet up in the air. And that really will boost my my signal to help me out in some of those remote areas.
3: I might have to come find you and uh, get some advice on that if we decide to to do it ourselves, because that's one concern that I've had is, you know, if you need to dial in for work, you know, how are you going to do it? Where are you going to be? Are you always going to be in coverage? So that's definitely a concern. We definitely have some
2: connections for anybody who's interested. That's on our website, too.
3: It's a great great deal and stuff. Awesome. Great. Now, what about planning as far as places to stay? Do you always have to make sure that you're pulling into a, a, a decent RV campground? I mean, obviously, even either one of the RVs that you guys have been on are pretty good size rigs. So how much planning goes into where you're going to stay each night?
1: You know, we do more boondocking than anything else. So again, we, we kind of like go where wherever and, you know, we, we'll have to find a place to fill up with water and and dump our tanks you know every so many days but uh aside from that you know i'll I'll just kind of start looking what's close by how how far do i have to go to do that Um, but uh, typically we're just we're just boondocking in the wilderness down
2: by the river the side of a cliff
3: that's the way to do it (laughs) there's no no use in going and parking sidling right up against another rv in a park right absolutely I was going to ask about boondocking. You guys have 7 or 14 people aboard. You've got to go through your fresh water and your and your holding tanks pretty quickly.
2: We've become masters at water conservation. <laughs> you know, it it's almost absurd how well we how long we can go without filling up. I think, you know, how big is our tank? Uh, I
1: think it's 66 gallons, I think.
2: We can go 5 or 6 days on that yeah. water tank.
1: Wow. And usually we'll fill up some extra, you know, like jugs of water, five gallon jugs and things just to help help out in between so that we don't have to fill up as
3: often. Wow. That's impressive. Well your kids are probably gonna have some of the uh the cheapest utility bills out of any <laughs> family in the country, I imagine, when they grow up.
2: They're becoming real green. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's great. All right. So Let's make sure that people know where it is they can find you. We mentioned your blog and YouTube, but let's give them the details. And I will also make sure I put the, all the links in our show notes for the podcast. So let's start out with YouTube.
1: We're Kellogg Show pretty much everywhere that across we exist the across the board. So on, on YouTube, we're Kellogg Show, all one word. Um, on
2: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, we're Kellogg Show. Yeah. And our blog is kelloggshow.com.
3: All right, easy enough. It's K E L L O G G for Kellogg. So, and then also, they can people can look for your book Raising a Badass Family. That's on Amazon. You can read it on your Kindle. And like I said, we'll make sure that we get all of that in the show notes so listeners go check out the uh, the Adventure Sports podcast website and click on the show notes for uh, Susie and Dan's episode and we'll get you linked up to them. Go check out their YouTube channel. They got some awesome videos, very entertaining. Uh, especially if you're into any kind of water sports, paddling, SUP, jumping off of cliffs, all that stuff is there. They just like, they're, they're having a blast. And, uh, I think it'll probably inspire you to, to go out there and do something similar with your family. I hope so Sizzy and Dan, thanks so much for taking a little bit of time and, uh, telling us how it is to, uh, to raise, a a family of 14 on an RV. It's an impressive feat. I'm so glad you guys are doing it and you truly do inspire me.
2: Thank you. Thank you
3: you so much for having us. All right. My pleasure. Take care. Bye. Bye.
0: First of all, thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us that you choose to listen to this show. If you'd like to help us further, you can leave a review on iTunes, share us with your friends, your family. It goes a long way to grow in the show. You can also support us financially through patreon.com slash adventure sports podcast. Link is in the show notes.